0: To the very basics, confidence means to feel safe. So if you don't feel safe in your body, then confidence, true confidence is not available to you. And that missing link was what I was missing and so many other people.
1: Welcome to the Confidence Council Podcast. This show is designed for high achieving women who despite having a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. My name is Monica Burkhoff. I'm a trial lawyer, a mom, and a wife, and I'm here because I know from my own experience that feeling stuck or unfulfilled does not have to be your reality. With a positive mindset and the right counsel, you too can create the life of your dreams. My hope and intention for this podcast is that you walk away feeling confident, motivated, and inspired to embrace your authentic self and to take bold action toward your dream life. Are you ready to get started? All rise. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. Whoa, it has been a minute. I am so happy to be back here and recording another episode for you guys today. So just a quick life update, that trial that I had starting on November 1st, it settled on the day before, on Halloween, a couple hours before the end of the day. It was something that I did not see coming. We were busting our butts and I think it ended up being for the best. Um, So I had a lot of time free up uh, when you're, it's all you're thinking about. It's just, it's nice to kind of be able to step back and get back to family and life and yourself. And so something that I did after the last trial, I don't know if you remember, it was at the end of August, is I took a day after the trial ended and I like rode my bike into the woods, I grabbed my journal, and I just kind of reflected on what do I want? Like now that my time has opened up, and I'm not consumed by this trial, obviously, I still have to work. But like, what do I want? What are my goals moving forward? What do I need to reprioritize here? You know, was I I stopped working out, I stopped journaling in the morning I stopped doing a lot of my own self-care things because I was using all of that free time to prepare for the trial and so that's something that I did again this time. I find it super necessary and valuable to kind of reconnect in that way. It's something that I never done had done before but it's something that's you know definitely something that I'm going to start doing moving forward and so yeah so that's what I was doing last week and what I did was I put together, This guide of journal prompts that I used, and I kind of curated them, mixed them up, and turned them into phases. And it was kind of, it kind of ended up being something that I think would be super beneficial going into the new year and reflecting on the year that has passed and what I want to do now and what I want to do in the future. And so I put together. A little like kind of a checklist with eight prompts in each of the three phases. And if you're interested in incorporating some journaling into your like life or you want to kind of have a different approach at New Year's resolutions this year or you want to change something about The way that you're acting, the way that you're moving, because you want something different, then it's time to start reflecting and thinking about what can be done, what can be changed. And so I've put together a guide. I'm going to link it in the show notes below. I'd love for you to check it out and do some of the prompts. You know, it's important to kind of like really dedicate the time to them. If you breeze through them, it kind of will be surface level. So I highly recommend spending 10 minutes on each one grabbing your journal, grabbing a hot cup of coffee, and just kind of going somewhere where you'll be alone and just to really reflect. Whoa, it was so impactful. So highly, highly recommend. I'll throw that in the show notes. But today's guest is Chantelle Louise from Australia. And you guys, this is such a beautiful episode. So what's crazy to me is that the show is called Confidence Council, and I've literally never actually done an episode or dedicated an episode to confidence. And so this is a different take on confidence than probably how I would have done it, but it's so important and something that I think I was lacking in my own life. And that's this concept of embodiment. Now, I think that we're all kind of, we know what confidence is supposed to look like or feel like, and we know if we have it or we don't. And Chantel describes this missing ingredient that will allow each of us to tap into that innate confidence, whether we believe it or not, it's in there. It was a really cool episode. I'm excited to share her with you. And um, I hope you enjoy this one. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. Today, I am so excited to share Chantel Louise with you. Chantel is going to be talking all about confidence. She's an embodiment and confidence coach from Australia. And we were, we connected months ago when we originally tried to record an episode. And it was freaking good, but I could not figure out the editing. It was a different type of software. Whatever. One day, I'm going to just pull it out of the archives and just pull it up as it is because it was that good. But I'm excited to have you back again. Um, So why don't you introduce yourself, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe kind of what got you to this point in your journey.
0: Oh, that's a big one. Um, So yes, I am an embodiment and confidence coach. I am in Australia, if you can't tell by my accent. And yeah, my whole purpose is guiding women to tame their inner critic and reconnect and reclaim their confidence. And I have, this has been such a huge journey for me um, of eight years, even might be more than that. I feel like I've been saying eight years for a couple of years now, so it's probably longer than that. (laughs) Um, But I, I think very similar to other people's stories is like it started with my own personal journey of struggling with confidence and having severe anxiety and lack of boundaries and lack of self-trust and self-worth and going through um a toxic workplace and then moving overseas and thinking you know when we move overseas then that's going to solve all of my problems (laughs) um but of course it doesn't because we're just running away with from something that's already just within us and it wasn't until i came back home to australia that I really started to put in more of the work and be like, okay, something's got to shift because I've tried moving away. I've tried so many different things. It's got to be within me. So instead of looking externally for the answers, I started looking within me and a lot of mindset work started with that. And I did a lot of talk therapy, but what I actually came to realize is that I was doing so much talk therapy, which is absolutely essential and so um, crucial to my development, but I was doing so much of this work and I was still getting triggered by things. It was still affecting my confidence. And because I was getting triggered by things, I wasn't able to say yes to those opportunities or, um, put my boundaries in place and say no to people or just show up as my confident self and speak my truth. And I was doing all the right things, right? Like listening to the podcast, reading the self-development books, going to these workshops and programs and working so much on my mindset. And yes, it was helping, but there was just something missing. And I felt like I was kind of more faking it until I make it and like forcing this confidence to come through rather than actually feeling it deep in my body that just came naturally. And. It wasn't until I was introduced to somatics and embodiment that I really noticed a shift. And now that is what I teach my clients and I teach other women is this key missing component when it comes to your own confidence journey of embodiment, embodying confidence and releasing what our bodies are holding on to.
1: Well, so what would you, how would you describe confidence? Like, what does confidence mean to you? And how did you know that you were lacking that, even though externally you may have been portraying confidence?
0: to yeah. uh, so the very basics, confidence means to feel safe. So if you don't feel safe in your body, then confidence, true confidence is not available to you. And that missing link Was what I was missing, and so many other people. Yeah.
1: So, what does every, what is like the mindset and like the surface level confidence work look like that you were doing at the beginning that it seemed like still wasn't enough?
0: It was the affirmations, the gratitude, it was noticing my inner critic and the things that I was saying to myself and picking up on that and being aware of it, which absolutely was so helpful with my growth and my confidence, but what I was noticing is that I would easily fall back to the way that I was. Like I would, I would do all of the work and then I would go into the workplace or I would be surrounded by different friends who weren't in that growth space and I would easily fall back to the way that I was.
1: Can you give us an example?
0: Yeah. So what I found is one of the biggest struggles I had is like I would go into a group program and I would be so energized by it and I'd just feel so um, lit up and be like, yes, I've got this. I've done all of the work. I've I've done all of the journaling of what I think like my limiting beliefs are and what my stories are and my identity. And I would be in this program for six weeks and then the program would end. And then – I would go back into normal life (laughs) and not have any of those resources anymore. I mean, I'm still doing it myself, but I'm not immersed in it. And I just noticed that that inner critic would start to speak louder and louder and I would try and use my tools and it would kind of work, but it just, there was this block. It was like, okay, I feel like I'm getting so far And then I'm going back to ground zero and it's more like I'm pushing and pushing and pushing. And the more that I push, the the more exhausted I felt.
1: What were some of the things that your inner critic was saying when she reared her head?
0: Uh, One of my biggest ones. And I, I worked, I have a background in public relations and marketing. So I worked in a very high pressure environment as a publicist in an agency. And one of my biggest things that my inner critic would say is you're not smart enough you don't know enough oh
1: okay that's how I feel yeah yeah and and no matter and truly there are a lot of affirmations subliminals gratitude and journaling going on even on my end and that thought will still pop into my mind every now and then. And so I'm really curious to hear more about the somatics and the embodiment, because that might be the list missing link for me and for any other listener that's kind of resonating with that. So tell us, tell us the secret.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I'll give you like the, the basics of somatics and how that all works. So we are very aware of our minds and how our minds work and how our minds just hold on to so much information onto all these experiences that we've had. And just like our minds, our our bodies also have a memory card. So every experience that we've had, everything that we've heard, our bodies also taking in this information. So as a very young age, we have been picking up different experiences from little things that we wouldn't even remember now to those big moments that have happened, and each experience, our body has actually taken that and built what is called a foundation of safety. So what it's learning is for a for let's give an example. Um, maybe you're like five years old, and. You are playing with your toys and your mom's like, you need to pick up your toys. You don't have time for this. We need to get into the car. We need to go. Um, Now is not the time to play. And what you can learn from that is like, oh, oh, okay. Well, playing is not allowed. Playing is bad. So then what we can actually instill in our bodies is it's actually not safe to play. And then we can bring that up into our adulthood. And through that, it's like, oh, it's not its not okay to rest. It's not okay to relax. It's not safe to do these things. And what it's doing is like our bodies are keeping us safe. That is one of its main roles is keeping us safe and keeping us alive. But what it can do, the incredible things that it is, it also holds us back from what we truly want because of these foundations that it has learned from a very young age, which may have been very beneficial at the time and may have kept us safe and and received the kind of connections and the love and the support that we needed at that moment, but is no longer required as an adult.
1: So interesting. And I've heard this, I've never heard it like talked about as the body is retaining this information. I've always heard of it as like the subconscious. Is that kind of the same thing, or is it? Two yeah, different so it's like aspects? our
0: it's our system. So our our system is our bodies and our subconscious minds, and they're very much linked. It's this mind body connection, and you'll see it a lot with um, animals. If you watch animal documentaries, um, after they've been chased by a lion, they'll shake they'll do a full body shake and that's actually their bodies releasing the energy and the emotions and the the um, foundation of safety that it's been holding onto. But what's happened is as a society, our society has really categorized a handful of emotions that are deemed to be acceptable to express joy, happiness, laughter, um sadness but only for a certain amount of time and then you know it's just you got to get I'm over right. it and move on mm-hmm. right and what's happened is is because we only have a handful of emotions that are deemed to be acceptable to express all these other kinds of emotions like fear and and deep sadness and sorrow and despair and anger and anxiety is deemed to be unacceptable and what this is doing is it's Making us suppress these emotions. So we're pushing them down and down and down. And when we suppress these emotions, that is where the true pain, suffering, and shame can come through. And that's when mental illness comes up, even illness within the body, because our body, like diseases, is a dis ease in our body, right? And so when we are pushing this down further and further, we're going to have more of this like stagnant energy in our body that our body is storing all of these experiences and of course it's not going to have the capacity to allow in the things that we really truly desire because it's holding on to so much
1: it's so interesting because like even the example you gave it's not like capital T trauma i think we called it before it's it's like a little act of like love or like you know a mom saying all right hurry up let's get in the car and it's translated by the body as a five-year-old into something different and then carries on into your adult life and it's like it doesn't mean that you've had to have some traumatic experience so it seems like we all are holding on to these little things that it we just is just normal parenting and we're probably doing it to you know our kids now if we have kids and and it's just out of love and it's just something that it's going to need to be resolved and, and addressed when they get older So, this is super fascinating. So, we're at this stage now where I think we can all acknowledge we have some of this stuff that our body is holding on to. So, how do we start releasing that? Or is the releasing not the right word? How would you describe it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Releasing is the right word. And, like, I just want to go back to how you're saying, like, about the trauma. Like, I had an incredible childhood. I had such a beautiful childhood. And that's why I really struggled with the fact of, I don't understand why I'm feeling these ways when I have no reason to Mm -hmm. feel these ways. Mm -hmm. And then I would feel guilty because I'm like, who am I to feel this way when I haven't had any capital T trauma, Mm -hmm. but each one of us has trauma in its own different way. And all trauma is, is an experience that has happened either too fast or too soon. So when we haven't had the chance to actually do a full cycle of the stress cycle and like the stress cycle is like, you know, feeling all calm and grounded and then going up into um, fight and flight or even freeze or appease, which is like people pleasing. We can go into this and that's when the heart races and uh, overwhelm and the adrenaline kicks in. But then we're supposed to come back down into that grounded state. But what's happening is, is we're going up to this fight and flight, freeze and appease, and we're staying there. And when we're staying there, that's when everything's heightened and we're going to just have all of these emotions that are going to affect us more and more and more, and we're stacking it on and we can't actually release what we're holding on to, and that's when we're just feeling so overwhelmed. We are on the verge of tears every day. Anything can trigger us. And so how are we going to access our confidence when we're feeling like this all the time? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So when it comes to releasing, the first part is really creating safety in our bodies. And by creating safety, the first part is really just being connected to ourselves. And, Again, like I just, we have such a huge pandemic right now and it's not the pandemic that we've just gone through. It's the pandemic of disconnect from ourselves. We have so many distractions now. Like our phones are such a huge distraction and we have become so disconnected with ourselves that we are actually starting to seek external validation, external love from people. And that's when we can end up in those toxic relationships and the toxic workplaces. And because we can't seek the love within ourselves and the safety within ourselves, so we are finding external ways to do that, either through toxic relationships or through distraction of social media and not being able to really connect with ourselves.
1: Oh, and like posting for likes and constantly checking it, like nobody's
0: liking this. So coming back to ourselves and firstly, like noticing, how am I feeling? Like how often do we actually ask ourselves how we're feeling? We ask everybody else.
1: Oh, hey, but, how are you? <laughs> we
0: don't even ask ourselves. And when we do ask other people, how are you? Do we actually mean it?
1: No, you just walk by. It's just like a pleasantry. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's that. Or, or when somebody asks you how are you feeling, we instantly say, oh, good. Mm-hmm. but what does good even mean mm-hmm. and when we actually tap into ourselves do we actually feel good like how are we really feeling and what is tapping even, in look like
1: for you like what how would you suggest that we do that
0: I love to walk my clients through closing down their eyes and taking a few deep breaths and starting to notice the sensations in their body because so many of us are so disconnected that we can't even label the emotions that we're feeling. So starting to notice the sensations in our body and, oh, I've got like a pain in my shoulder or oh, my heart's racing a little bit Well, oh, my palms are a little bit sweaty. Okay. So starting to notice how your actual body is feeling is the first way to start to get connected to yourself. And then when you're starting to notice these feelings, it's like, oh, okay, I notice now that my heart starts to race after I speak to this person. Or I'm starting to feel more relaxed when I go outside. That alone is being able to tell us what's going on. And even when you're noticing, you know what, I'm not feeling great right now. I'm actually feeling pretty shit. And That alone is beautiful because it means that you're starting to come back to yourself, even if it's not a great feeling. And it can be extremely scary to also admit to yourself that I'm not feeling okay, but also being really compassionate as well and being like, actually, this is a huge win because I'm tapping in with myself and saying, okay, this is where I'm at.
1: That so many of us are just operating on autopilot every day where you're just going through the motions. I've got this stabbing lower back pain. I'm just going to keep going because there's stuff I got to do. I got to cross off the list. Da, 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 da. And you don't like really stop to check in on yourself. So is that something that you would recommend that we do every morning, every evening, a couple times a day? What does that look like for you?
0: Multiple times throughout the day. So even setting reminder on your phone And or an alarm on your phone to check in. And like if you work in an office, it can be just an alarm and you just sitting at your desk, closing your eyes, taking a deep breath and asking yourself, how do I feel? What are the sensations in my body right now? And doing it multiple times throughout the day, you're going to be able to notice the changes that are happening in your body and even journaling on that as well and starting to notice, Okay, so in the morning I'm feeling this way. In the afternoon, I'm feeling like really anxious and and overwhelmed and starting to take note of those feelings. And then the next step is actually starting to get in touch with those emotions. Like I said, like we just stuff them down and um, anger is a big one. Anger is one that we have such a bad relationship with um it's such an undesirable emotion and so many of us may have also experienced anger in other people that were quite terrifying Mm -hmm. which even then solidifies that this is a bad emotion and if we were to ever experience it then we're bad so what I really am educating people on is what if there was no such thing as bad emotions what if emotions were all there for a reason and they were our body's way of communicating to us that something's not right Mm. that a boundary's been crossed that you've been wronged
1: how would you suggest if you check in and you realize anger is the emotion that you're feeling what's a way that you can work through that
0: i actually punch a pillow
1: Do you scream and punch it?
0: I scream (laughs) into a pillow and I punch a pillow. Yeah, absolutely. It is a beautiful practice that I do now. It was so daunting and overwhelming when I first did it because I was like, this doesn't feel okay. This makes me feel like I'm wild and not put together. But I did it anyway. And I actually did it through a guided process. So I had somebody guiding me through it and the most incredible thing is that all of these emotions were coming out and there was nothing going on in my head. I was just letting all of this out. And then the more I did it, the more things would come up that happened maybe like 10, 15 years ago. It wasn't something that I was angry about, you know, that happened that day or that week. It was something that happened so long ago. And I never thought that it affected me. But here I am, am, punching my pillow, screaming, like tribal screaming, (laughs) feeling so liberated and feeling just like, oh my gosh, I've been holding on to this for so long. No wonder I can't access confidence because I have so much pain and shame inside me.
1: Wow, I've got just like full body goosebumps. I feel like I don't... I don't necessarily think that I am I would connect with the thought of, you know, with anger as the emotion, but it's so possible, like you said, that I, I just need to scream into a pillow and punch it a little bit because or a lot of bit and things will come up. So do you suggest that for everybody, even if they're when they're checking in, they're like, mm, I don't know if it's anger? Because I think none of us will admit that it's anger or many few of us, a few of us will admit that it's anger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, like anger is one of those biggest emotions to to actually access and feel safe to actually release so the first thing is like sadness like do you feel sad if you feel sad then sit in that breathe through it like breathing is the most important thing because it actually um, lets our nervous system know that we are safe and we're alive when we breathe through it So when you're feeling sad or upset or anxious, like just putting a hand on your heart and one on your belly and taking some deep breaths and just letting it come out. And if it feels right to actually name the emotion out loud because when we speak the truth, the truth sets us free. So sitting there and being like, I feel really scared right now or I feel really sad right now. And I often find that when you name it, you'll feel it bubble up and come out Wow! and let it flow out of you. Don't push it down. Let it flow out because when you're flowing, when it's flowing out of you, that's when the true healing happens.
1: So what are, so that naming the emotion. And so it sounds like I keep thinking of like just crying, like you would just cry and cry and cry and cry to just get it out. Even if you're sitting in your office and you're feeling anxious and um, you're not sure exactly what the emotion is, what if you can't pinpoint the emotion? What do you do then That's if you okay.
0: can't? That's absolutely okay if you can't pinpoint the emotion. If um, sitting um, sitting down and having your hand on your chest and your and your belly and breathing is actually not accessible to you, especially if you feel like you're on the verge of a panic attack, movement, get up and move. Um, breath work and moving are the two um, most beautiful ways of embodiment and releasing what we're holding on to. So get up and shake. Like what I said with the animals, they shake their bodies. So shake, put on some music and dance or just jump up and down, go for a run, do something. Uh, we sit so long that our bodies aren't actually supposed to be stagnant and when we're stagnant our energy and emotions are stagnant and they're stuck inside us so getting up and moving is going to help to release that i love that
1: i you know i never heard it put quite in that way where our bodies are meant to be moving and our energy is supposed to be moving and when we're stagnant and we're sitting it just stuck in one place and then you walk from your desk to the kitchen back to your desk And then you go lay down at the end of the night and without any movement, it's like, where is that all going? It just down, 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 right. Getting pushed, pushed, Mm -hmm. huge. That is a huge revelation.
0: Yeah. And like you see it in tribal times as well, right. Or caveman times, like if they were angry, they'd stomp their feet. If they were upset, they'd wail and they'd let it out. There's so much dancing in those cultures as well. And we need to go back to that because that's the foundation of how our bodies are supposed to move through movement is when we release what we've been holding on to we're not supposed to be holding all of these feelings and pushing it down they're supposed to be released because when we release we can actually have access to our true power
1: even just a small example of like feeling anxiety at work even if i just take a walk around the block or even walk down to the kitchen and take the stairs back up or something, just that movement makes a massive difference. And it's, I never even kind of put the two together. I just thought, okay, I just, maybe I'm clearing my mind, but it actually is moving the energy around. And that's such an interesting way to look at it. So the energy is, let's say it's named or it's moved around. What's the next step or how, how does that lead us to confidence?
0: Yeah. So when we are moving and letting out these emotions, it's creating safety in our bodies. So it's reminding our bodies of, oh, okay, it's safe for me to experience this feeling. Or I'm able to release what I'm holding on to. And from that, I have a greater capacity to hold on to um, the things that I truly want. So, how that leads to confidence is okay I've been feeling so anxious and I go out for a run or I let it out actually no I'm going to use my um the example of this morning so I use this I did this exact process this morning this morning I had a call with my business coach and I was talking about my situation right now, there's there's a lot of change happening in this season of my life. I just quit my full-time job to go out on my own. I um, got married. We moved into a new house. There's so much change happening. There's so, much, so many new identities that I am shifting into and, and grieving and opening up to. And through that and this conversation that we we're having, I had so many new insecurities that came up that I wasn't aware of. And those insecurities made me feel really unsafe. And I knew that I had this day where I was talking to you and I have an event tonight. And I was like, I have so much emotion right now. I came out of that call and I was speaking to my husband about all of this. And I was just so upset and just letting it out. And then I went into my room for 20 minutes and did some movement. So I did some hip movements, um, I did some breathing. I did a bit of a scream as well into the pillow and just breathed through that. And then afterwards, I felt so much better and I felt myself again and I felt confident again. So being able to feel what we're feeling, first like being able to notice that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And if you are able to name it, name it. If it is accessible to you to, re- to cry, then let it out. But if not, move move your body, do something to release it because you're releasing that tension and that stagnant energy to then come back and ground yourself and your nervous system so that you can feel safe and um, and calm again. Because when you're safe and calm, that's when the confidence comes.
1: After that practice, you feel kind of back to self? Like you feel yep. interesting. And is that something that took a while to get to that point or is does it will it happen if i if i go do those steps in, or if anyone listening goes to, to, like kind of walks through those steps will they feel that immediate confidence or is there additional or is it something that has to be built over time
0: like anything it's a journey and it gets built over time what you will experience after doing it the first time is maybe a bit of a shift maybe you feel a little bit lighter maybe you feel a bit raw afterwards, but then a couple of hours later, you feel better. It's those baby steps, just like going to the gym. It's those baby steps. And the more you do it, the more you feel safe to do it. Because the first time you're doing it, it's going to be uncomfortable to start with, to be like, oh, um, I'm going to get up and shake and I feel really uncomfortable and I probably look like a complete idiot doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So you're going to be in your head while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Or like put on a song and just like dance. And if you can do it by yourself, it definitely makes it a lot easier. But that can be really uncomfortable. But the more you do that, you're less out of your head and you're just going with it and letting those emotions flow. So it's definitely a journey and a process to get to where I am now. And something that when I used to do this, I would take maybe a day to come back to myself but now it's 20 minutes
1: and i've noticed because i'm following you on i've been following you on instagram for almost like a year now but i i've noticed that you're always kind of dancing and moving your body or that's something that is like part of your daily ritual so it's not just or are you feeling these negative emotions every day acknowledging them and then moving it or is it just part of your daily practice the movement
0: it's part of my daily practice. So I have what's called the daily devotion and it used to be a morning routine and it just felt so stagnant and like something that was forced. Like you have to have a morning routine. Like that's what you do to be successful. And it just didn't resonate with me. And I I actually hated it. (laughs) And it wasn't until, and I learned this from my coach, she was like, Turn it into a devotion. It's a devotion to self, because when you're devoted to self, that then ripples out so that you can, you know, support others around you. You can look after your children better. You can be a better partner. You can be a better be a better friend, a better colleague. So now I call it my daily devotion, and I am completely devoted to myself, and I allow this time that I do these practices every single day, no matter what. Because it's not just about releasing the emotions when they're there. It's about preventing it from occurring.
1: So what does the daily devotion look like for you?
0: Yeah, so I do three things. I do something that empties my mind. I I do something that embodies my mind. And then I do something that empowers me. So emptying is uh, meditation. So sitting there for... 10, 20 minutes in silence and just meditating. I used to hate meditating. When somebody like recommended it to me, I'll be like, oh, do I have to do this? Help me, help me. I'm there. Like
1: I can't, I cannot turn my brain off. So how do you do it?
0: Yeah. So I started with guided meditation for three minutes and it was a guided meditation on an app and they actually t- talk to you step by step on what to focus on. And it was about doing a full body scan. So noticing your head, what's going with your head, nose in your nose. And you've got something to focus on. It's telling you exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. That's doable. Focused, yeah, yeah. So I focused mean. on that. And then i go to five minutes and then i go to seven minutes. And then when I got to that, I actually noticed that, oh, I actually don't want somebody talking to me the whole way through. I want somebody that kind of starts at the beginning, gives me a bit of space and then like brings me back. So then I found a meditation that did that exact thing that set me up, then would give maybe a couple of minutes. And then, then it would come in and be like, now, if your thoughts have drifted off, that's okay. Come and bring them back in. And it was this beautiful reminder that it's a practice. Mm. And so it was these baby steps that I was able to get to where I am now, where there will be days where it's so busy and I'll have to maybe chuck some music on so I can focus on that. But even still, I'm like, this is just not happening. And that's okay. That's just where I am today. But tomorrow, it could be so easy for me to clear my head and stay there for 10, 20 minutes. And also being okay with that, without the judgment.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm such a perfectionist. I'm like, if I can't do it right, like, what's the point? I'll just find something else. But, I. But how long did it take you, like, phone a friend here to go from the three to the five to the seven to to the space? Like, was it months? Was it a couple
0: weeks? It was like six to twelve months.
1: Oh, okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah. I've never tried yeah. for that long. So, okay, okay, it is a practice. My sister actually studied in an ashram in India. And it was just dead silence. Right. And, and she was like, I don't understand. Everyone is having all these like things. And I just, I'm just thinking about things that I said to my dad 20 years ago. Like I can't, you know, like, but they're like, it's a practice. You got to keep trying it. And I feel like everybody says you have to meditate. And like, and even people like you who are like, I was that person too. It gives me hope that I can be, I could turn the corner. I'm going to start I'm going to start.
0: Absolutely. Even if it's just like two minutes, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And finding a guided meditation that goes through it for two minutes, everybody can. Everyone has two minutes.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. So empty the mind is one. So then,
0: so then embody. So embody is some kind of movement for me. Dancing is a big one for me. So I will chuck on, A song and I will just dance. However, my body feels like it wants to dance. Like sometimes it might look like I'm actually dancing. Other times it's me just jumping up and down, like shaking. Maybe I look like a bit of a crazy woman, but it's just moving my body. Um, I even will wake up in the morning and just do a full body shake because shaking resets the nervous system. Um, Doing hip movements as well. So like rolling around and moving our hips because especially as women we hold so much stress and trauma in our hips Mm. so moving our hips through that um i have been doing a few other like uh, somatic movements and somatics is all about the the body so soma is your body um so things that are specifically to release stress and tension in the hips and in my draw in my jaw and it's a program that i'm going through at the moment but it's just things like yeah moving your hips or like sitting cross-legged and like rolling around um it could be going for a walk could be going for a run but doing something to move your body
1: are you a trained dancer or when you're dancing no you're just (laughs) kind of like going wild yeah okay i love that And like dance, what does your husband say? Or do you do it like away from him?
0: I've always loved to dance. So he's very much used to me dancing. Um, But usually when I do a a dance break he's gone off to work and I'm just doing it in the house by myself. (laughs) It's also a great thing to do if you have children as well because children love to dance and move. So if you're really struggling to put in like a morning devotion, then chucking on a song and dancing with your children. Or if you're feeling like you just can't cope today and you're going to explode, put on a song. Cause it's something that you can do with them.
1: I love that. And actually we do do that with my son because we have this nighttime routine that just, he keeps adding stuff cause he's stalling. But now he's added, it's been maybe, maybe five or six months dancing. So after we brush his teeth, we come back to his room and we, we literally, this is a song. Da, 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 da. we'll just dance um, just like and then we'll go freeze and then you just keep dancing and we do that for like three minutes and then he lays down and then we do the story like all this stuff so it's interesting that he's kind. it was his idea to dance you know and um, totally unprompted we're like or right, you want to dance we were. I was kind of weird about it I'm like is this going to rile him up but in fact it kind of like got the rest of it out you know before bedtime so that's kind of cool
0: yeah, absolutely. And, and dancing can be a bit daunting for a lot of people if you don't consider yourself to be a dancer. So that's why just even putting on music and jumping up and down can be or like shaking mm-hmm. or like stomping your feet. It doesn't need to be something that looks quote-unquote beautiful or whatever society deems beautiful to be. Dance is just about movement.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love and that. then
0: empower so, for me, I have a few different practices that I do to empower myself. Affirmations is a big one, um, especially like mirror work. If you've ever done mirror work before, it's incredibly powerful. When you stand in front of a mirror and look at yourself, and you can either just talk to yourself on how you're feeling, or you can say statements like, I am. I am intelligent. I am loved. I am safe. I am incredibly grateful. I am empowered. I am powerful. I am a queen. Mm -hmm. Just saying all these things. And at the beginning, it's like, I feel like I'm an idiot doing this. But the more you do it, you can notice your energy start to lift.
1: Thousand percent.
0: Yeah. And looking into your eyes, even just eye gazing into your eyes, you can truly start to see yourself. Because when we don't feel confident, it's because we don't feel safe to be seen. So doing mirror work is allowing us to actually see ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. And not looking down at the bumps or the wrinkles or whatever, just like look into your eyes. It is so confronting at first. But once you just get comfortable, like meeting your own gaze, like you said, it like it really turns the page on like life. I remember every, every time I've always been doing this, I would say for the last 10 years from when I started becoming a lawyer, when I was scared to go into court or I was nervous about something, I would go in the mirror. I would look in my, into my eyes and I would t- tell myself, you are Monica Gutowski. You do not get nervous like you got this. And I would like just literally pump myself up in the mirror looking at myself in the eye and i never realized the the upside of that and like how it was really helping me i thought i was you know i just thought it was kind of silly but it actually made a huge difference i still do yeah. that to this day
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely it and it's also by doing that rewiring our subconscious mind yeah and gratitude, I saw that, I've seen that you've been doing your daily gratitude and I absolutely love that because mm-hmm. there's so much studies that are behind gratitude and how it's actually not possible to be anxious and upset and angry and all of these emotions that we have and grateful at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if we want to shift out of something, move straight into gratitude.
1: Yeah, and it's it's been the number one thing for me that's helped me combat some of my anxiety like around work is just talk about all the good things about that thing that I'm anxious about, and it kind of makes it feel small. Like, what was I even worried about? And everything is worse in your head than it is
0: yeah. Yeah. in real life. Absolutely, and like this is an extension of what I've been. I really started with at the very beginning is being very um, very conscious of my environment, who I spent my time with but mostly what information I was consuming. Mm. I stopped listening to the, and watching the news years ago. So
1: my God, yeah, I wish I was years ago. I was like, I've been a year now. People are like, have you heard about what's happening? I'm like, no idea, fill me in, but (laughs) don't. I don't wanna know.
0: Like the way I see it is if it's big enough, I'm gonna find out through a different source if it's important enough for me to know. Mm -hmm. So like stopping listening to the news being really conscious about the TV shows and the movies that I'm watching. Oh yeah. The the murder podcasts
1: before bed and stuff. Like,
0: yeah. mm -hmm. And also the music that we're listening to, if you actually really listen to the lyrics of so many songs that are out there right now, they're not very empowering.
1: No. And becoming a mom makes that very clear because you've got small ears listening. And it's like, I used to only listen to rap music. And when you listen back, the, the, The lyrics are like disempowering to women. It's, it's just ugly. And my sister was like, you know, I think way ahead of me spiritually and everything. And she's for years said, how do you listen to this? This is so gross. I'm like, cause listen to the beat, like the hook. It's so good. And she's like, I can't, I can't get over just the lyrics. Like it's just going into your brain. You know, you're listening to it how many times, you know, it's Mm -hmm. when you become aware of that stuff, it's your life changes. I swear.
0: Yeah. And that's all part of the empowering self is like empowering yourself through your environment. So feeding yourself with like beautiful songs or beautiful TV shows or like even just like lighthearted stuff that's Mm -hmm. not so like negative and heavy all the time. Um, I also have what's called a magical script. So I have written out my dream life. Of exactly what I want in very I'm very specific on how I want to do it and I read that every single day
1: really yeah Mm. so I've done the scripting thing but like you know every I'll do it maybe once a month if not more but I feel like it's different it's a little different every time but you have one and you read that same one
0: same one every single day Every month, I'll like review it and see if I need to update it, but it'll touch on things about my business and the types of clients that I work with. It talks about my relationship with my husband, um, how I feel and how I show up every day. Because when I'm saying this every single day, they say it takes about six weeks for our internal dialogue to then become external. So it's that ripple effect because we do have the ability to create our reality. Every mm-hmm. single word that we speak, we are creating our own reality. I, I find it it's not a coincidence that spelling like um, like witches and they cast a spell is the same word as when we spell and write. We are casting a spell when we talk. So being really conscious of the words that we're saying internally and externally, and that's why I do my script And I do my affirmations and I do my gratitude, which have been such a huge part of this. But like the embodiment has been like that next level got me to full embodiments, full worthiness, knowing that I don't even have the thought anymore of I don't know enough. It just it's not even there.
1: I love that. And I feel like hopefully if the listeners have listened to more than like one or three, one or two episodes of this, then they've picked up some of the mindset stuff, you know, the gratitude and the, the journaling and, um, the auditing of the social media and things like that. So that this is really going to propel them to the next level. I know I didn't know these things and I feel like I'm really excited to start implementing them. So any other last minute tips, Tricks to enhance or embody confidence?
0: I would just say start to become curious. Become really curious about how you're feeling, about how you do things, about why you listen to the things that you do, and how things affect you in certain ways, because that's going to tell you a lot about how your body is feeling and what's affecting your confidence. So becoming really curious with yourself and asking yourself, how do I feel every single day and moving your body every single day?
1: Love, love that. So Chantel, tell the listeners how they can work with you, how they can connect with you. I know you just finished a confidence workshop. So we got like a little bit of the abbreviated version, a replay still available. How can they get all the things from you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have a free Facebook group. It is called the Bold Boundaries Community. I'm probably going to rebrand that um, shortly, but um, that is where every week I drop in with a Facebook live and talk about different tips and embodiment tools and mindset tools and the key foundations to really get you on track for your confidence. And I also have monthly free training. So that Um, workshop was within my uh, Facebook community. And then I have just launched my group program, which is called Confidence Catalyst. So it's a 16 week program to help women to finally tame their inner critic and reclaim their confidence.
1: Amazing. That sounds incredible. And so I'll link all of the information to contact Chantel in the show notes, along with um, links to join the programs or to the website or anything else that you want to provide. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure. I learned so much. I'm ready to go scream into a pillow. Um, Hopefully I don't wake up my kids, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to pound it and I'm going to feel great, I'm sure. So thank you so, 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 so much again.
0: Thank you so much. I've absolutely loved this.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.